The year 2020 has been a year of change. Global changes have included COVID-19 pandemic which has resulted in us all having to change our ways, especially with traveling on a global scale. Cutting down air traffic has bound many to their place when the regulations came. The world is not as small or open anymore as it used to be. On a regional scale, there have been wildfires and other natural catastrophes. In societies, some people have demanded rights that they should have by default, more visibly than in years, and there have been demonstrations and confrontations in many places around the world. Individually, people have also gone through changes. Some have lost or quit their job, some found a new one. Some have faced economic challenges and some have overcome them. Relatives, family members and friends have passed away and babies have been born. Relationships have been broken and new have been formed. We haven't been able to see some people important to us physically, but we've been able to connect to them and many others via technology. Children have had to do learning outside of school context and stay away from their important social groups. Adults have had to learn working from home, some meanwhile helping their children in education. We all have faced changes of some kind this year, big or small. We face changes normally also, but this year it has been more rapid, more serious and more visible, and more in number and ways. My name is Jani Kontkanen and you are listening to Mitä Pelataan podcast. This series is called Paragons of Change. It's a series of interviews with people from board gaming sphere whom I've noticed going through changes in recent times. We talk about change and what they have changed in their lives. By default, we do not claim we state facts. We only talk from our own points of view and our opinions. As the discussion might take a negative note at times, we try to finish with a positive by giving you a top 9 list of games. The topic of the list has been chosen by the guest and we will have a battle of the lists after the episode airs in my social media channels. You, dear listener, are encouraged to comment and vote on the lists to see which one of us did better. The award is pride and fame among the small listener base this podcast has. Now, let's invite our paragon for today. So today in the Paragons of Change series we have our fifth guest. And let's welcome Steven to the show. Welcome. Hey, how are you, Yanni? It's good to good to be here. And thank you. I'm a paragon, is that what you called me? Yeah. Is it too much? <laughs> oh well. I'll accept whatever title you give. <laughs> as long as it's thank positive, you. right? Yeah, well, Well, if you ask Tom Vassell, there is no positive about me, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but we are not taking Tom into this show. <laughs> that's right. That's he hasn't right. changed for 10 years. He's still the same. <laughs> He's a good guy. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, who are you, by the way, if people don't know who you who are? Who am I? Yeah. Well, I am Stephen Bonacore, the now retired president of Stronghold Games. I was the founder of the company back in 2009. Uh, and I took the company from just me for quite a while. I had a business partner for a short period of time, then just me for many, many years. Uh, grew the company to the point where it got very attractive for certain people to potentially emerge or acquire. And in 2018, just uh, just over two years ago, Indie Boards and Cards and Stronghold Games merged, creating a new company called Indie Game Studios 
where both brands, Stronghold Games, and Indie Boards and Cards are maintained. And now I maintain my life in game media via my podcast, Board Games Insider, with Ignacy Chevicek, the president of Portal Games, as well as now I'm the co-host on the Dice Tower Network of Board Games Breakfast with Tom Vassell and Z Garcia. Mm -hmm. That's every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. We do that live. Um, I'm on the board of directors for the Jack Vassell Memorial Fund, which uh, um, basically uh, gives out money to, uh, to gamers in need. And uh, I uh, otherwise uh, try to enjoy life to the fullest. Uh, and as soon as this COVID nonsense is over, <laughs> I plan to do a lot of traveling uh, and a lot of relaxing and, and things like that. So I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I really love doing these, uh, even in retirement. I, I do them for anybody. So if anybody else out there wants me on, no problem. <laughs> you have this Podfather Gaming also, right? Yes. Um, Are you I've... taking that to some direction? No, yeah, so so I've rebranded. Obviously, can't call myself the, the president of Stronghold anymore. Mm-hmm. So I've rebranded my myself as the Podfather of gaming. I had the, I got the nickname the Podfather, a long time ago, um, uh, from various podcasters because I was appearing on everybody's podcast just mm-hmm. just like this. So um, I've rebranded myself as the Podfather of gaming, and I um, I have a. A YouTube channel where I post um, my uh, bi-weekly happy hour. Everybody out there is invited. Uh, it's a, it's a, a public link that you can come on, mm-hmm. and uh, it's called it's called Happy Hour with the Podfather. We do it on uh, Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. A little tough for the Europeans, but also Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So we do get Europeans on on for that. Mm-hmm. And essentially, we just talk about what's going on in our lives, keep things positive. You know, we're all going through tough times. A lot of people are are isolated so we just talk and we we laugh and we have a drink together or whatever it is um, and I'm also posting other videos uh, as um, uh, as I as I do them onto the channel we just did a big war of the ring um, mm-hmm. uh, introduction to the game and a play session uh, Roy Canaday of the Dice Tower and I played the game so we, we put out a, um, a video of us talking about it for 45 minutes of the of the experience of it, and of course explaining why this is such a great game. So, mm. um, I hope you join me there. I hope you join me on Twitter. It's at Podfather Gaming. You can uh, get to my Facebook page, uh, which is you know Facebook.com/slash/PodfatherGaming. So, thank you, thank you for uh, allowing me to uh, introduce myself fully. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that you will introduce yourself already. All all of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about this board game breakfast because I'm a few weeks behind on that schedule. So congratulations yeah. or condolences. I don't know which one. <laughs> condolences to deal with Tom for an extra hour every week. <laughs> no, it's it's been really fun, um, board game breakfast. Um, so, you know, Tom Z and I, we get together and it's um, basically what, what happens on board game breakfast is um, we, we talk and banter a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do contributors who who give them videos. They put those. So that's the not live portion of the show. Then we talk about the news of the industry. Mm-hmm. So which is something I also do on Board Games Insider. But the news on Board Game Breakfast is is closer related to the games that are immediately coming out. Yeah. We don't do that too much on Board Games Insider. So you know what games are coming out. We talk about that. 
uh, commentary on it, other news, um, and then we play a game. We play a, a game show, so a silly game show, and it's either Tom versus me or me versus Z, and and uh, I've been doing very well. I've been beating them uh, week after week. <laughs> That's is, not difficult, I think. <laughs> I've seen those earlier, but I haven't watched for a long time. Long time meaning uh-uh. at least a month. You're in the live right. oh, live oh. part because they have the two parts. You're in the live one, right? It, I'm in the I'm in the live yeah. part exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, been a lot of fun doing it, and I highly recommend uh, if people get a chance to. And you can watch it live, as I mentioned. It's uh, ten. It's Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Mm. Um, but you can also watch it recorded later on. It's posted on uh, the Dice Towers YouTube channel, and it's cross-linked onto the Podfather of Gaming mm-hmm. YouTube channel. So you can go over there, subscribe to my YouTube channel, please, <laughs> and you'll see those and you'll see all the other things, nonsense that I've been, I've been posting. All fun stuff. I'm not going to be monetizing. That's just something to mention, I guess. I'm not monetizing the Podfather of Gaming in any way. Mm-hmm. No commercials, nothing like that. I don't want sponsors. I just do it for fun. I'm giving back to the community in this way. And there's a, bunch, there's a few other things like mentoring some people and things like that that I'm doing. I just want to do the things that are fun and to give something back to the community that's been obviously so good to me for so many years. That's a great job, actually. And that's how it should be done. Because yeah. I think that if you, you. if you monetize your media account, then it becomes less fun. I have that kind of a feeling. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's, you know, and I, and I don't need to do it. So why mm. should I do that, right? Just yeah. and I'm also not I'm also not um on any schedule. What if I wanna what if I wanna go away for two weeks? Or what if I don't wanna record something on a given day? You know, so I can I can simply not have to worry about things, yeah. which is, you know, a good a good feeling. That's true actually. I'm not monetizing mine either, but I'm getting some review copies or I've got some review sure. copies, so I have a bit of a pressure to put out the reviews, but I don't have enough people to play with during the corona, so it's a bit problematic at times but still sure very hard you've been so cheered up and happy now so <laughs> how about we talk about something more serious um okay how has this corona you mentioned corona how has it been visible in where you live and how's the situation now is it getting better or worse or is it not changing at all it's been half a year uh yeah it's been more it's like eight, uh almost eight months now right since feels this like all, 10 years all gone down it feels like yeah t- 2020 is the year that just keeps on giving <laughs> in the worst possible ways it's just absolutely amazing and and in and in the united states it's um amplified on every level because it's become a political issue yes. and, it, it, and you know we're in the middle of an election of course you know that so um it's just a bad year, and let's just face it. And we, 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 we recognize that. We all recognize that worldwide that it's a bad year. But I keep telling the people that, that I speak to, we're going to get through this. We're going to mm. get through this together to the extent that we can. Let's, let's get together, you know, uh, mentally and, and virtually online to get ourselves through it. And that's why I do the happy hour um, that you can see on, uh, on, on YouTube and, mm. and join us, as I mentioned. Um, but here in Florida, I'm in I'm in Florida. I'm in South Florida, to be exact. I live pretty close to Tom, about an hour and a half away-ish, something like that. Isn't it required to be in Florida if you're retired? I've understood from some series <laughs> on TV. <laughs> that's uh, that's very very funny. You you uh, you obviously know American uh, things. Um, what's even more um, required, in air quotes, what's even more required is that if you've lived your life in the Northeast 
of the United States, like New York, New Jersey, mm-hmm. Connecticut, Massachusetts, you move here at some point in your life. It's, it's, it's amazing. So everybody, all my neighbors here, um, everybody I meet when I go out, they're all transplants. If you're over 35 <laughs> years of age, you have transplanted yourself from the Northeast. It's, it's like astonishingly true. Um, We're actually, but, um, sorry, sorry to interrupt. We're watching this yep. Seinfeld now from the beginning with the yeah. wife. We are in the third season and Seinfeld's parents are in Florida. And there are yes. some funny epi- episodes with the yes. neighbors. But are, are the areas where you live there like that, that everyone just comes, all the neighbors come in and everyone knows everyone's business and people... No. <laughs> really? <laughs> Not where I live. No. Okay. So, so the, you know, so sh- certainly uh, Florida in general... Um, has a much higher uh, retired population or older, let's call it just a much Mm. higher older population than many other states. Mm -hmm. However, obviously, I I moved here almost three years ago. It'll be three years in December. um, And I did not have um, a a true retirement plan at that point. I mean, Mm. of course, everyone plans, you know, you save, you this, you that. But I mean... At that point in 2017, there was no sale of stronghold going on. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, I didn't move here specifically because I knew I was retiring. I moved here because I no longer needed to be in the Northeast, mm-hmm. which has I lived in half my life in New York City, half my life in New Jersey, and I literally. Uh, didn't need to be there anymore because I, at the time, most of my life, I've, I worked um, on Wall Street mm. in IT. Yeah. I was connected there, had to be there. Um, once I got out of that, I was doing both Stronghold and that at the same time. Once I got off of that, I was said, I, I don't need to live here. The weather is terrible. <laughs> the cost of living is very high, and the taxes are stupidly high. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why do I got to live here? I'm, well, yes, I'm, I miss my friends. Uh, my mom still lives there, but I have two of my brothers live there. They are tied to their jobs um, in New York. So I'm like, I'm out. I'm leaving, going to South Florida. I had already kind of like started looking for places, you know, right around that time and continued looking at areas. And th- this area the, of, of the country just spoke to me mm-hmm. on a lot of levels. The weather is simply unbelievably good. <laughs> there is very low taxes. Cost of living is better. Not not low, but better. Mm-hmm. Um and it's not in this area. It's not. Um, there are plenty of uh, what they call fifty-five plus communities, age fifty-five plus. Mm-hmm. You have to, to live there, you have to be fifty-five plus. Well, and while I do qualify for that, I'm not. I'm not of that mindset. I'm, I don't feel. You know, I don't feel old. Mm-hmm. I'm a young man in my head, and I go out <laughs> and I do things, and I, you know, and I vacation, and I, you know, when I can, I just, I, I'm, an, I'm, I'm young of heart, even mm-hmm. though I'm sli- slightly older than fifty-five. Um, so. It's really important uh, to be young pl- at heart also. It is. It is. A young of heart, young mentally. And I um uh and I you know, I don't relate to that age group really. Mm-hmm. I relate to the age group of, of gamers, you know, which yeah, is, yeah. you know, the you know, like you and, and other people who, who are the, the core uh, of gamers. Um and I uh so I moved down here for all those other reasons, not because of retirement, but of course now I get to take advantage of the great weather and all those things and, and the, the, the lower taxes and everything like that. So it all worked out um, without actually, you know, coming down here for retirement. That's a long answer there, but that's how it worked out. Yeah, that's actually good. 
I don't know what what you were replying to. I interrupted you. I know. <laughs> I just kept uh, going. I think it was about it was why, about why am I in Florida. Oh, that's right, COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said about, right, about the about U- US, that US is mixed up. You have so many other problems going on there that I don't even want to get into those. It seems from Shh. abroad, to, I mean, from the other side of the ocean, it seems that you're really screwing yourselves there. I don't know what you are doing to your country, but it's not good this year. It's not a good year, as you as you said. Um, but as far as COVID is concerned, so um, down here in uh, uh, Florida in general um, was a like a second hot spot that came up. And one of the reasons it did because you know it was New York and New Jersey were the big hot spots for COVID, mm. um, and so many people come down here. They have either a second uh-huh. home sometimes, or they just have relatives down here. So a lot of them came down, brought the disease down here, and it started spreading down here and even more south florida in particular uh was a huge hot hot spot so this county was like the third um of the of the of the three counties in florida was number three in in cases and deaths and things like that uh having said that um we've you know flattened the curve and numbers are going way down so things here are much better and in fact um as far as like opening up things florida is now virtually 100% open that's great um with with um with some like some uh exceptions this area like bars i don't believe are open yet so you can't just go sit at a bar and you know with next to lots of people but you can go to a up to a restaurant slash bar mm. and sit at tables with your own party if you know what i'm saying right yeah, so yeah. you 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 can go out to to places pretty much without any problems right now um, and it feels great because I, you know, I missed just seeing the rest of the world and getting out and going to restaurants and things like that. And uh, even and like I mentioned uh, that I played War of the Ring recently with Roy Canaday mm-hmm. of the Dice Tower. We got together because we're sort of an extended gaming group anyway. So mm-hmm. it was good to see that. And I saw Tom on that day and things like that. So, you know, we're all we're all doing the right thing. We're all keeping ourselves uh, socially distanced and, and responsible when we are when we're alone and then I feel comfortable going out and seeing those guys. Yeah. It seemed you had lots of fun playing that game. I saw the pictures. Oh man. Loved it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It is my number one game of all time. Um and I recommend if you want to know more about it or want to see the passion that both Roy and I brought to that, go over to the Podfather of Gaming YouTube channel, subscribe there and check out my very recent posting. Uh posted it beginning of this week or end of last week the war of the ring battle report yeah as roy called it and uh, roy is he's a video editor so he added some editing into it it looks really looks really great yeah you still know how to market yourself it seems it's good i try (laughs) (laughs) well you know it's and it's a funny thing i mean i'm just you know everything that you hear you also see when you see me at conventions i am I'm i'm a real people person um and i and, and next year, so so I have no um, business reason to travel to conventions next year, right? No reason. I, I yeah. don't. I'm not no longer part of a company. However, when we can, and I am the eternal optimist, when we can in 2021 get together at conventions again, I will be at all the major conventions, and that would include Essen, right? So I'll see all of my 
the Europeans there and uh, and some of the Americans they go there plus Gen Con and Origins I you know none of those things are definite of course but in my mind I'm gearing up to do a great amount of traveling to game conventions <laughs> where I will see my friends again see the people that you know like like to see me and we'll game together or have a beer together and and socialize and you know I'm I'm really I love that part of this hobby and that's not going to change just because I've left the publishing side I'm still going to stay on the media side on my own on my own dime you know on my own money I'm just going to do it because I love doing it that's a great answer for that thank you I actually missed you in Essen last year I saw you three times when I was hanging around in the halls but you were busy talking with someone else every time so I didn't want to interrupt no but I saw okay. you, but I didn't have time, or you, you didn't have time to talk. Yeah. So I would you, have wanted to. You say can always, to you. you can always wave to me, and anybody out there who sees me, always, uh, you know, if, unless I'm in the middle of something like, you know, business-wise, come on up, say hi, let's talk a little bit. And uh, if you buy me a beer, I'll even talk more for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like just, I just like hanging out with people, so it's good. So accepting bribes, right? That's right. I, I accept bribes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Besides this corona, the whole world has been changing this year, and many people have individually gone through changes of some sort also this year. What do you think about change? Is it good or is it bad or is it situational, and how does it show? Well, I mean, we've. This is it's a very, very broad but interesting question. Um, we have this year gone through the single greatest behavioral change of our lifetimes right i mean think mm -hmm. about that the, the the behavioral change the, we have had to change the way we live in such a material way to the even the the small things like you, you gotta wear a mask you go out we have to, you have to do this if you're going to be in public in a place where you're going to interact with people not you know, like a park mm -hmm. but if you're going to go to the grocery store you just got to do these things and you, you've got to clean our hands and so these are astonishing that we've had to go through all of this um and those are the bad changes but hopefully those are going to go away and we're not going to be doing that for the rest of our lives i mean if we are <laughs> i'm not going to be happy but <laughs> let's let's assume for a moment that science is going to win the day here i think it will mm -hmm. it looks very good right now yep um but the other changes are are, are actually not i won't say subtle but they're um they're material and interesting and in a lot of ways really good um i i for instance i mean i've been speaking to my mom more than ever because yeah. you know i want to make sure she's okay the poor lady she's um uh 80 but she's doing great she's mm -hmm. a very healthy 80 but she barely sees people she sees none of her friends and my brother happens to live one of my brothers lives very close so he gets to see her a lot back in new jersey um that using and, and she cannot use technology she barely knows how to use her <laughs> iphone <laughs> but going to the technology in general um using you know zoom for all of these these calls when you can get together with 10 15 50 people at the mm -hmm. same time it's been fantastic mm -hmm. um you know gaming over the internet um which i don't do a lot of but i do some of and it's we've we've transformed ourselves into a almost a more technological culture more technological society more than we have been in the past because we now 
are utilizing these things to keep us to keep us together. And is that good? I would say that is really good. Mm-hmm. It's not going to mean that we don't want to get together again. But we are huge social beings, no matter how introverted one says that they are, and that's and that's you know definitely a thing. I'm. <laughs> I'm a raging extrovert, <laughs> so I really want to be out there. I really want to talk to you, and I really want to talk to your fans, and I really want to see people when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but no matter how like even introverted you are, at some point you need human contact. Yes. And using these things in this in these new ways has been fantastic uh, for everybody, and uh, thank thank God that that we have them. You know older quote-unquote older ones like skype which works great we're mm-hmm. using skype right now yep. uh but some of these new things um like i mean zoom I've, I've always known about zoom but the way you can utilize it it's been it's been amazing and and that's truly one of the winners of of the yeah. technological Definitely. covid revolution right now and their stock prices through the roof too because of it so um change um in general, is a good thing. We should try to move with it in all parts of our life because change is a natural part of life. And we've we've seen some interesting and good changes, as well as a lot of bad ones, you know, during this whole crisis. That's true. Uh, use it online gaming. Uh, where have you been playing? <clears throat> have you been using Tabletop Simulator, Tabletopia, or some site that has games? I've been playing um, uh, like Terraforming Mars mm-hmm. uh, with people online. That's one thing. I've been playing a lot of Jackbox games. Do you know that? No. Um, the Jackbox.tv. Basically, they're all um, games that that are that will run on on Steam. So they mm-hmm. run on a PC, and then you use Zoom to show the screen to everybody, mm-hmm. and then you use like your your phone, either iPhone or Android. And you're answering questions, and you're competing or, mm-hmm. or cooperating in these in these um, like they're very small online games. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of what they are, uh, and that's been a lot of fun. Um, I, if, if if you want a way to interact with people, I highly recommend checking out Jackbox. Jackbox.tv is not the name of the site, but it's something like that. <laughs> Jackbox.tv is the one that you use when you're going to go interact with the game, but it's something like Jackbox.com or something like that, and you can buy these games in in groups, and they're just they're just really really interesting. Like them a lot. Um, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be playing on Board Game Arena. I'm going to be playing Not Alone. Um, one of the conventions that got canceled this year was called Sobo uh, Southern Board Gaming convention something like that in mm-hmm. louisiana i was going to be the very special guest of honor at the convention but of course it was canceled so they're throwing this mini online thing tomorrow for for the people that you know were had tickets and everything and mm-hmm. i'm going to be playing not alone uh which is one of my favorites hey we may be talking about these in a minute <laughs> um uh, from the stronghold catalog and it's a one versus many game and um i'm going to be doing that um beyond that um, I've been playing most of my games here physically uh, with my girlfriend. Um, mm-hmm. We've been playing Gloomhaven. We were deeply into a Gloomhaven campaign um, uh, and other games that we can play two players. So, and you know, I got together, as I mentioned, for War of the Ring. So I'm not a huge online gamer. Um, so my online thing is mostly getting together with people um, hanging out, chatting, and then playing like an online, like like the Jackbox games that I've mentioned in the past. 
Yeah, I don't play, or I didn't play online at all before COVID, but after that I began playing in board game arena because it's quite yep. well, it works quite well and they have quite good selection of games in my opinion there. Yeah. I tried Yukata.de, but that was a bit, um, how can I say, ugly. <laughs> No, but yeah, it's uh, it's not as good of an interface. I, the interface on uh, Board Game Arena is really nice. Yeah, Tabletop Simulator obviously is another one, but working with the physics of that <laughs> is very hard. Yeah, and it, so, it, with some games you have to learn how the system works before you can play the yeah. game, and it's a bit annoying in my opinion. But agreed, uh, agreed. It, in Yuka, the most annoying thing to me was that if you have ten games open, you have to do your turns in order. So if you had a quick game going with someone and doing the turns quickly, and someone did their turn in a slower game, then you had to go do that, and you couldn't continue the game you wanted. You have to take them in order. That was really annoying. So in Yukata, you can only play one or two games. At least I can. In Board Game Arena, you right. can choose which game you take your turn, right. in, so that's better. But Very yeah, good. because yep. of COVID, I'm now playing online, but <laughs> otherwise, no, and I don't think I'm going to play that much either. But the great thing is that mm-hmm. I can play with people from around the world. And yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it's actually been, interesting. That, and that's really cool. Yep. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll give another plug out if people want to do something really cool online. Um, I own, I'm a part owner of an escape room mm-hmm. in Fort Myers, Florida. And I've had this for before I even moved down here. Mm-hmm. Um, Zev Slossinger from WizKids, Frank DiLorenzo. Uh, mm-hmm. from R&R Games and someone else who's not part of the industry. The four of us got together and we, and we opened an escape room about five years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. It's escaperoomadventures.com, escaperoomadventures.com. And during COVID, we were able to put all of these games online so that you, you, know, you interact with a game master and then, and then you talk and then, you know, he goes, uh, you might say, go look at that. You'll, you'll tell him, I want to look at that thing in the room. And he'll show you the, a, a close-up picture of that. And then you're like, oh, turn it over. And all of a sudden you turn it over. And then a video, he might run a video for you to show you like what happens when you do certain things. Mm-hmm. So you can play in my escape room at, uh, at escaperoomadventures.com. Um, and you can play with people all over the world. Mm-hmm. And you do it via Zoom. Um, it's like $20 per person. It is a great great way of of having a, a game night you know with with you know friends from from every place so mm-hmm. i highly recommend go check it out escaperoomadventures.com it's my escape room you can play in it can you also make a group reservation like if you want to go yes, with your sh- friends you can do that right absolutely yeah in fact we don't we don't even we don't mix groups so yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to make a you so you say basically yeah i'm, I'm bringing four people or five or seven yeah. there's uh, i think there's a max limit uh, i think the limit might be six or seven mm-hmm. but sure you make the reservation uh online you know whatever time you you pick a time we have four different rooms one's a magician room one is a pirate room one is a alien room and one's a 1980s themed room you pick the room you know if you, if you like the theme and uh, you make a reservation for x number of players and then they send you the link and you you show up and you play it is and they're really good we have the highest rating of any escape room in south florida that sounds really great I understood you said that you can play with people around the world. I thought that you are randomly generating the groups that you take the escape rooms in. And that's nope. not a good thing in my opinion. Some rooms Sure, do no, that. yeah. You want to do it so that you, you're playing with the people you like yeah, and you yeah. understand what, how they think. You get some analytical thinkers. You get some creative things. But you want to play with your friends. And that's yeah, like, yeah, like board games. You don't want to necessarily play with random people. If you can, if you, can, you want to play with 
you want to play with your friends. So it's a, it's a great kind of night night out, so to speak, you know, night uh, doing something. You know, it's an hour, but then there's, a, you know, there's the, the time before, the time after. You get together and you can t- continue talking on Zoom if you, you know, about the game and things like that. Mm-hmm. It sounds really good. Yeah. You also, you, you said that change is in the life and you everything is changing that there is change everywhere in the life and it's a good thing and how about your own change uh, you are probably still known to people as the lord and ruler of stronghold and during <laughs> summer like you said you stepped down from your position and retired and how did you come come to that decision if you want to elaborate on that you quickly mentioned in the beginning sure um To me, in life, you always should have a plan, and not not to take away spontaneity spontaneity from your life. You know, just on the hey, on the spur of the moment, let's mm-hmm. go do something. That's cool. But for the big parts of life, you need a plan. Um, when I started Stronghold, um, the initial thing was okay. I'm gonna start this up. I'm gonna work at this at you know in parallel at the same time as I work in a big corporate job. And, you know, the company will grow a little bit, I'm sure. And then when I retire from the big corporate job, you know, like, you know, when I'm in my 60s or something like that, mm-hmm. then I'll do this as a retirement job to continue making a little bit of money. That was sort of the initial plan. But mm-hmm. the thing blew up. It yeah. blew up to phenomenal. In 2016, I couldn't do both any longer. So I, I left corporate drone world and and continue doing this uh and the the rest of it is history but at that point i realized that well okay i now i need to change that plan i need a new plan that will will enable me at some point to retire Mm -hmm. so at that at that point i i was I was looking around at different companies who were acquiring. People were coming to me and saying, Stronghold's doing very well. Um, have you given a thought to uh, you know, selling the company? So I had many people talking to me, either me going that in one direction, talking to them, you know, approaching them, or them coming to me, mostly coming to me. Um, and I, you know, I just realized that you know, at, at some point, there needs to be a transition. Mm-hmm. You mean, yes, you can... Some people, um, they model their life. They, uh, they, their life is tied to the job that they do in, in such a way that they'll just work until they die. Mm-hmm. But I like life in a lot of other ways. <laughs> I like to live. I like to just enjoy myself, relax, drink good wine, <laughs> have nice mm-hmm. dinners, go on vacations. Um, so I needed a plan. So I worked backwards, you know, and I said, okay, so the plan is I need to, you know, I want to retire at some point. So let me see if I, you know, at what price that makes sense, at, mm-hmm. you know, in, at what time that makes sense. So I had the idea from 2016 that I needed to at least have a transition plan mm-hmm. in 20 later on as as the years went on s- spoke to some people spoke to some people with with travis at indie boards and cards he's a very good friend we had been teasing each other for years i'm gonna buy you no i'm gonna buy you <laughs> that kind of stuff and he finally said you know why don't we start making this thing happen let's let's, let's look at the numbers and make it happen so in 2018 uh in the uh 
um, end of the first quarter, we started talking seriously about it, and uh, we came to a deal, announced it in uh, August 1st of 2018, and with that announcement, Travis and I had already had the, okay, so this is how your, you know, this is how Bonacore will now, you know, work, mm-hmm. and when the full retirement will occur. So we, we had the plan exactly from the point of where we were going to um, when we signed all the contracts and before we even announced. And the plan was that the plan changed a little bit, but it was, you know, we actually cut off some years because it was like, well, you know, you got it now. You're running it. Mm-hmm. I, don't need to, I don't need to do this anymore. So you got it and, and I'll retire. And we agreed that that's a good thing. He saves money and I go enjoy life. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it just worked out very well in, in all regard. And, and of course, now and for the foreseeable future, I will, I will be thought of in a lot of, a lot of ways as, you know, Mr. Stronghold, you know, Stronghold mm-hmm. Games, yada, yada, um, which is fine. I'm extraordinarily proud of what I did. Um, I'm happy to be tied to Stronghold Games and Indie Game Studios. Um, and, and that is a good thing. Um, but at this moment, and as I mentioned, I am not part of the company, um, but I root for them very, very strongly. I want to see them become the next Asmodee, let's just say that. You know, not that that is truly an objective. It can't be. Um, Asmodee has, has grown to a tremendous size. But um, they are, without a doubt, uh, in that second tier of, of companies, uh, North American publishing companies. And I'm, I'm very proud to have put in the time and created the company and got it to where it was uh, for a very smooth transition uh, for my retirement. Yeah, maybe they won't become like Asmodee because Asmodee has a bit different aims, I think, than Travis has. <laughs> sure, no, and I mean, you know, and, and yeah. Asmodee now is a 1.5 billion yep. with a B U.S. dollar company, and that's just that's a number that you can't achieve that unless you just can just do something wildly different, like go out, get a tremendous amount of funding, and start picking up other companies yep. that have great products that you want to be that you want to merge with but that would cost ridiculous amounts of money so no no one's gonna no one's gonna become that though you're gonna you can you know i you know we talk about this on board games insider that mm-hmm. um one of the things that um ignacy and i were predicting for this year was that there'll be another company that would emerge that would that would start to rival um rival asmodee in size and there were a couple of very big companies who have gotten into the industry in one way or another recently. I don't want to go into mm-hmm. that right now, but that is a possibility that they that there we do see a a very large company start making moves. Now this year turned out very differently than everybody <laughs> believed, so um, that did not come to to fruition yet. But we could see it, you know, next year without a doubt. That's actually interesting. I thought that no one would want to do what Asmodee does. And the companies would be content at what the, where they are if they are not part of Asmodee. But it's interesting. Growth, yeah, growth is, is the natural form of business. Growth, uh, you know, to, to gain market share, to, to uh, compete at a different level. Yeah. It's, it's the natural progression of business. And those who take a long-term view you know, on some level need, want to do that, need to do that. I mean, if you, you can, you can simply be a small 
company that produces one Kickstarter game every two years. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. But but if you really want to be profitable and 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 uh, and make it a, a, a great ongoing concern that you might be able to sell, you know, at a big profit, as someone did here. Mm. Uh, you can. Uh, you, it's a it's 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 a vision that that you probably want to at least consider. Yeah, I, I meant on the side of picking up smaller companies and buying them. I didn't mean that doesn't want to grow. I meant that doesn't want to pick up different companies and sure. match them into the one. I thought that maybe not many companies would want to do that. Mm-hmm. But of course, all the well, companies many, want to not grow. Not many will. Yeah, not many will, but I can see at least one that has started doing that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I haven't. I'll let you. It. I'll let you uh, think. I'll let you think about it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to check a bit later. Okay. How has the move been to you from um, being in stronghold into this board game media side of things? You've been now doing this two months, I think. Yeah, you retired two months. Beginning of August, right? Right, correct. Yeah. So, how has it no, been just, to you? No, it's just been fun. That's it. It's not. It's, it's not a. It's there's nothing um, odd or scary or anything. I just continue to be me and mm-hmm. uh, and enjoy, you know, talking to people and things like that. It's a, it's a natural extension sort of of what I had been doing anyway to promote Stronghold, and now I promote my own channel mm-hmm. and, and as i mentioned and do other things that um i can i can do as, as a give back to the community you know th- these things have just been they're just fun now and i don't have any schedules per se i, I mean i had a meet here with you today right yeah. i um uh have to meet with ignasi once a week to, to record our board games insider i have to meet with tom at a specific time to record board game breakfast so you know light scheduling and much relaxation. That's my life. <laughs> That's the way I like it. That's good. Uh, do you think you yourself have changed in the process? Tom uh, said to me recently when he saw me, he goes, you really look relaxed. <laughs> Maybe I was walking around always stressed out or something like that. I don't it's know. It's the beard. But he said, eh, yeah, that might use- That's right. I have a retirement beard now. That's right. Um, I was always very... Uh, I didn't want to grow, uh, grow the beard any longer because it got so kind of got so gray and like I just don't feel <laughs> like I'm a gray person. My hair is of course getting a little gray too, but it's nice and black mostly. Um, so I um, I must be more relaxed because you know Tom Vassell noticed it. <laughs> so there's my yeah. I mean I'm sure that I am. I'm sure you know I do things, I do things more spontaneously. Like my brother lives down here too. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in uh, South Florida, lives in the next neighborhood over. So he just like you know, Monday or something. You know, we talked, and he's like, he's like, I want to head down to Fort Lauderdale to uh, to go to this really cool Mexican restaurant. It just looks really good, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of surprising because it's not around the corner. It's like forty five, fifty, fifty minutes away. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, sure, let's do that. So for lunch, just for lunch, uh, my girlfriend and I, him and his wife, another another friends we all went down so it's the kind of you could you know when you're when you're in this state when you're in this relaxed retired state Mm -hmm. you're not subject to schedules as much so 
sure, let's go have lunch about almost an hour away just because we can. And we had a lovely time together. So, yeah, there's my that's how I've changed. I've changed, hopefully, for the for the better for my sanity and my health. Just <laughs> ah, relaxing. Yeah, it's very good if you can be stress free, really. That, that's right. That is that is true. How about in the future? What do you expect from the future for yourself? I expect as soon as COVID is over to to travel a lot. Um, I expect a lot more gaming with friends, you know, here locally, uh, because you know that's I've got time to do that. Um, sadly, some of the people that I know, like my brother, who's retired as well, he's not. He doesn't. He's not a gamer. But I did. I did play a couple things with him recently, which he actually likes. So who knows? Um, but to me, it's yeah. To me, the uh, the future the future holds. You know, living life to the fullest. I want to get back. Um, back to to traveling again. Go to some game conventions. Uh, definitely, we'll be doing that as soon as we can, and you know, get back onto cruises when I can. I love going on cruises, mm-hmm. uh, and then tr- in general, and then generally just just traveling around uh, to various places, enjoying things. I've got some uh, some ideas of places I want to go and things like that. Um, uh, you know, ver- some some stuff locally, quote unquote. You know, I mean like the the Caribbean and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, but also. You know, get out to Asia. I've never been to Australia, so you know, just I want to I want to see more of the world, and uh, I plan on doing that as soon as uh, we're able to. That sounds like a great plan when it's possible. Good. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to add to this discussion? I think we've covered it all. This is like this is your future life bonacore. That's what we've done here. I like it. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Let's talk about some games. You have prepared a top nine list for this episode that we I have. will have a little battle with. Let's see who wins. Uh, what's the topic of the list this time? Well, the the obvious topic. Uh, well, first of all, I you know I never I don't like to ever I never talk negatively about games. To me, games are all about fun. I'll never be a reviewer where I say bad things about games. So I always mm-hmm. always pick topics that I love, and I'm going to talk glowingly about them because they're passionate to me so the obvious thing here would have been let me pick my personal top nine stronghold games games that are part of the stronghold catalog obviously ones that i have had a you know i directly brought to the market Mm -hmm. um and i'm excited i you know i when when we talked about it i'm like huh it's gonna be hard I've got overall, I got like 150 different titles in there, and if you include expansions and all that, I've got to pick my top nine. Hmm. So I, I kind of like put, I got like it down to like the top 15, and then I got it down to, so actually I have, I have 12 here, but I did, I picked the top nine, and I got three like honorable mentions there at the bottom. I also have some honorable mentions actually. Yeah, there you go. Very good. We have <laughs> great, great minds think alike. Uh, how do we start this? Um, how did you rank your list? Uh, is, is one, the, one, is to, the one num- to nine or nine to one? Anything? No, you want? no. I mean that. Uh, did you rank the best game in your opinion to first position, or is it like the game, the game that you have best memories of finding it, or something, or just the best game? Um. So to me, you know, I'm a I'm a thematic gamer mm-hmm. over over a uh, uh, a Euro gamer, right? I like games 
where the experience is amazing, uh, playing that game and the fun factor is amazing, you know, versus games that are very, you know, you have to, you, you're trying to beat the game, you're trying to solve the game and, uh, and, and, and hardcore compete against players. So while I have some of both on there, the games toward the top of this list are going to be the more thematic, fun games, in my opinion. So that's sort of how I did it. But I, I put some heavy, well, at least one really heavy game on this list. Mine is all over the place. Because when I was <laughs> yeah. making this list, I noticed that uh, I played 26 games from Stronghold. And um, being honest, I had a bit of a problem to see which would go to the list. I tried to pick ones that are... Um, like, n- not from Lautapelit, because I have them in Lautapelit <laughs> versions, and I've played them in the Finnish form, some of them. Sure. And, yeah, but I came up with nine. There's one cheating thing on the list, and two I dropped because they are in a list that was in a previous episode in this series, right. and one is a wrong edition, so I have three honorable so, mentions. So one thing, Stronghold's catalog is very varied and i did that on purpose yes. so when i when i when i um started the company it was about doing reprints because mm-hmm. you know that was a good way to get yourself noticed there was no kickstarter back then get yourself noticed mm-hmm. in the end i what i specifically didn't want to happen was like like somebody say oh stronghold they're the people that do x i didn't want that i wanted people to say this is a premier brand what are they doing in the insert thing heavy euro space what are they Mm -hmm. doing in the light fun space i wanted that and i think i've succeeded because i've done everything from you know ten dollar fifteen dollar card games to one hundred dollar plus games so it's a very very varied catalog and my list um while mostly on the thematic fun side definitely Mm -hmm. goes heavy as well yeah, I noticed when I was looking at the catalog, I, was, <laughs> I thought, ah, you have version of this as well. This is also a Stronghold print because you are mostly in the United yeah. States. And these games that are Stronghold in USA are probably someone else in Europe. So I didn't even know some of these games were Stronghold titles that I have in the list. Right. It's actually very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we'll begin with the honorable mentions and then we go 998877. You can begin sure. and... Because Richard Simpson, as the first guest, decided that he wants to try to be Eric Summerer, you can also announce the numbers when we go to that number, if it's fine <laughs> with you. Let's see how you do. Sure, if you'd like. You mean the like number nine, that thing you yes, mean? Like the way yes. that they do it? Do you know that's not Eric Summerer's voice? Do you know that? I know. But doesn't he it's do Mike it in the podcast? It's Mike Fitzgerald's voice. It's, it, well, I think in, in the, the podcast in the, he does it, I think. I don't. At least, unless they've changed it recently, that's Mike Fitzgerald's voice because Mike Fitzgerald was a radio guy, and and he's the designer of games, and they got him to do number ten. That was all, all but Mike Fitzgerald. Eric does it in the live shows, at least. That I'm sure. Oh, in the live shows, <laughs> yes, yes, so, absolutely. Okay, there you go. Eric somewhere, Mike right. Fitzgerald. Either way, there you go. So, what all right. You, so, what were your honorable mentions? So I have three of them here. I'll just I'll go through all three. Yep. Sure. Um, and, and since we just mentioned Mike Fitzgerald, I'm going to mm-hmm. mention Diamonds uh, by Mike Fitzgerald. Um, one of the, in my opinion, one of the best trick-taking card games around. Uh, obviously, trick-taking is done has been done a million times out there. But if you want a great 
super competitive trick-taking game. Lots of strategy, um, uh, a, ga a game with also great, great components because you're physically manipulating the diamond crystals that are, that, that are in a pool and then they can become in front of you in your showroom or go into your vault to be protected. It's got that great thing. Uh, it, is, it is a great game to, and it scales up to six players. It can be played two through six. Not many trick-taking games can be done that way. Um, and it just it, it makes a very great strategic game out of trick-taking. So one of my honorable mentions is Diamonds. Mm -hmm. um, the next one is a Kickstarter that Stronghold did um, the beginning of the year, last year. Well, it was last year, uh, and it was for a reprinted game, Agizia, and we rebranded it Agizia mm -hmm. Shifting Sands because we made some changes. This is a great uh, light weight, light mid weight Euro game, and as I mentioned, those are not normally um, my style, but the light, light mid ones. Yeah, I, I definitely like those. Um, um, you're, you're traveling down the Nile and taking actions at the various points of the Nile river and, uh, you're playing cards to, to, or, or cards are coming out that, that are some of those actions. Um, you get a chance if you go down to point X in the Nile, somebody else might be able to take multiple, uh, um, uh, things behind the ones that you took, multiple actions behind you, because you've already skipped those. You can't travel back up the Nile. Uh, the the sands of the Nile shift at the bottom to uh, to make certain things produce or not produce later in the game. I just find this to be a fantastic game, and Stronghold did a great job in in bringing it back uh, with some updated mechanics and things like that. So mm -hmm. that's a Giza shifting sands, and then um, one of the most strange is a good way of putting it, maybe, but unique games that have come out, I think, in the last several years. And that's called Australia by mm -hmm. Martin Wallace, good friend of mine, phenomenal designer. Um, Australia is a Waro, so it's a, you know, a Euro game with a heavy war contact, context, where in a, an alternate universe, Australia, you're you're out there um, fighting against the old ones, Cthulhu and friends, who are rising up in this alternate world, 1930s Australia. And you're trying to, you know, uh, harvest resources, build railways, uh, as, as Cthulhu and his friends are, are attacking your stuff. So it is not a cooperative, but it's sort of semi-cooperative, because if you don't do a good job together... Cthulhu wins. The old ones will, will beat mm -hmm. you in the game. Um, but if you do a good enough job, you'll all combat and, and you're going to win personally. Um, so fantastic game. And a Kickstarter is coming up by the end of the year for an expansion called uh, Australia Return of the Old Ones, where uh, a fifth player can now play mm -hmm. uh, the old ones instead of the game system playing itself. So those are my honorable mentions in my catalog. What that do you sounds got? like an interesting expansion. Yeah, uh, Diamonds was actually my number 10, but it's not in the honorable mentions because, uh, first of all, Stronghold is a Stronghold <laughs> game, the second edition. Good, is. good I played, choice. I've only played the first edition, so I can't add the second edition to the list. It would be on the list otherwise. Uh-huh. Um, I think the first edition was published by Yellow, and the second one is from Stronghold and... There and are some, games. yeah, and Porter games, yes. 
Mm-hmm. There are some differences between Windows Edition, so I thought that it would be cheating if I put the newer one that I haven't played. <laughs> um, okay. Then Captains of the Gulf is coming next year. It seems that you've taken yeah. that from Spielworks. It's great. Yeah. Um, and I really like that game, but it's on another list earlier, so I'm not adding it here. It would have been on the list. And my number two or three would have been La Grania, but that's also on another list earlier, so it's not on this list. Yep. And that's also originally Spielberg's title. La Granja was like my, my fourth game in, in honorable mention. I would have made it, so yeah, it's a great yeah. game. Yeah, it's a great game. And it I really like that you're making these Spielberg's titles more public because they are usually very limited print runs. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing. So those were the honorable mentions. Cool. Mine. All right. We're going to start with uh, number nine and work our way up. Yep. Go ahead. All right. So I'll Mr. In, in, my, in my best voice. Yes. <laughs> number nine. So my number nine game is Survive Escape from Atlantis, which was the second game ever published uh, under the Stronghold Games uh, brand. It is a family weight game that uh, is just wonderful to to introduce young gamers to the hobby. Uh, it is still one of the biggest selling games in the catalog. The game actually is a 30-year-old game, uh, going to be 40 years old soon. Um, was published by a small company called Hasbro, and then mm-hmm. they dropped it because they weren't selling a million copies a month or something like that. We picked it up uh, in in 2009, and we brought it out late 2010. Um, still great selling, still beautiful in our edition, um, so I had to add it to the list. That's Survive, Escape from Atlantis. I've only played it once, and I don't know if I had fun or if I was annoyed with the game, so I couldn't add it to the list. It's it's either or, but I want to play it one more time at least to see what's the real sure. opinion on the game. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it that much either. But okay. it's a fine game, and considering it's so old, it's really good. Sure. My number nine is uh, La Grania No Siesta. So this is the dice version of cool. La Grania. It's been mm-hmm. quite a while since I played it. This was one of the first Roland rides that I played, and this is one of the meatiest Roland rides that I've played. And I don't remember all the mechanisms in the game, but I remember that it felt almost like the real game, <laughs> almost like Lagrania. So I really liked this, and I actually played it with my mother-in-law and my wife, so it was nice that we got to play it with older people as well and yeah. it worked very well. Fantastic dice drafting game. It's a it's a roll and write a thematic roll and write dice drafting and you got to then mark on your sheet where you're going to use the die that you draft and it's really good. I agree that's a that's a very good underrated one in the catalog. Yeah, it's a bit hidden. I don't know no one mm-hmm. is talking about it anymore. I don't know why. These things happen when you 2000 games come out in like the same in the same month almost so it's crazy yeah. if it came now right. actually it would be probably more popular because now the roland rights are all there is it seems yeah i, I that's right and i we've stronghold has been known recently for doing so many roland rights and mm-hmm. they've, they've done all done very well but now uh they've been all abstract ones uh like yeah. the wolfgang warsh ones uh, but yeah i would love to uh 
see this one get some more love. So that's a good choice. All right. All right. Moving on. Number eight. So uh, I mentioned that my preferences for games um, tend toward the thematic and the slightly lighter versus the real heavy, especially deep Euros. But I had to put this game on the list. And as far as genius design, to me, it's one of the greatest, like, pinnacles of game design of all time. I just think this is an amazing game, um, but it's not, not my go-to style game. So I mm-hmm. made it my number eight game, and that is Kanban Automotive Revolution, or the, the re-release Kanban Drivers Edition. Um, and that's by the great designer Vital Lacerda. Kanban, um, you know, basically... The, the, the name Kanban is a, it's a process management system that, that made the automotive industry, especially the Japanese automotive industry, what, you know, what it became in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. And it's now the system of Kanban is used in many, many places. It's used in IT and, and, and things like application development, things like that. The game itself is about building cars, but you it's all the linkages to how you do that. You, you, you've got your R&D facility, you've got your projects, you've got your test track, um, you've got your boardroom where you've got to present the best things. It's an amazing linkage of mechanics to theme in a, in a heavy, heavy Euro game. To me, it's, it's one of the heaviest games you can, you can actually um, – sink your teeth into um and just a genius of design in the way he put it all together so my number eight is kanban driver's edition mm. i might say something about that a bit later Uh-oh. My, my oh number, okay oh good and a good thing okay uh, my, <laughs> my number eight is related to mr steven here it's the pursuit of happiness and he's on that journey at the moment it seems uh. after retirement and this is a game that I backed in Kickstarter, I think, but I only played it once and then I sold it on because uh, it feels like this wouldn't work two player, but it was really, really good and it told a nice story. Their friend Ignacy is all the time saying that board games should tell stories. This tells That's a right. story. It's a great game, but it didn't fit myself, but it has to be mm-hmm. on this list because it's a worker placement life management game in a way if you played <laughs> if you played the game of life or something actually i have been avoiding that game i've never played it in my life sure we have other games for children here in finland and this would be like a perfect replacement for that game as long as the players can read and sure it's, people it's a great game it- mm-hmm. People have called it the game of life done right. So, yes. like, right. So, so the mass market game, but actually done right, where you're actually telling the story of of whatever life you you would like to lead, and it's really neat like that. Yeah, I really like the game, but I know I sold mine because the used copies were in about same price as I paid for it when I was I took it from the Kickstarter, so I was able to sell it, and the guy picked it up from the door, so that was really easy sale. Otherwise, I might have kept it. But this is a great game, and if you haven't tried it, you should probably try it if you want to have fun with friends and laugh to the stories and the uh, storylines that happen in the game. And if you're more interested in the game, maybe you can check out Luke Hector's, any of his videos. He's praising this game so much. Cool. Very cool. 
All right, let's go to number seven. Number seven. So, my number seven game uh, is a game that I'll actually be playing tomorrow morning uh, at, on Board Game Arena with people from Louisiana for that, that virtual Sobo con that I mentioned. And uh, the game is Not Alone. Um, it is an amazing one versus many game where one person, it'll be me tomorrow, plays mm-hmm. this malevolent force, the creature on this planet where um, all of the others have crash landed uh, on with their ship on a faraway planet and they realize they're not alone. <laughs> so the creature is trying to suck their will away while the players are trying to survive long enough for the rescue ship to arrive and it's all done the players are exploring places and the creatures trying to find them at these different places so this is like this big bluffing game where you're trying to get into each other's heads uh to to say like i think you're going to the rover because that'll unlock a different location but no but you thought that i thought that you're going to the rover so i'm going to go over here instead so it's this whole like big bluffing thing it's um it's just drips with theme it's so beautiful the artwork is all cards and a couple of chits and things like that uh the art is absolutely gorgeous and it's so reminiscent of this alien world um love this game plays two to seven players the more the merry in this game so my number seven game is not alone and we have two expansions for it too really great i've played this also i've played it only once but i've played with the group that maybe tried to game the game too much and it would be funnier with a group that throws themselves into the game and doesn't think that if he does this, she does this, they do this, they do this, that happens and that happens. It a bit uh-huh. takes away from the game if you try to count things. It's a good game, but I haven't played it enough to put it mm-hmm. to the list. It was in the short list. And because of Corona time, this is also a game that you can play not alone. So it's a bit difficult to get to the exactly. table. Exactly. You cannot play it alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You can. laughs> yeah. The more the merrier. That's true. I hope you have a great time tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you. Um, my number seven is a game that I didn't know was from Stronghold. I have the White Goblin Games version, and this is Verluspa, or however the <laughs> roses say it in the Blue Black right. Impact. Valuspa. It has this air letter there, the Scandic, yes. or with the umlaut. Um, I have played this only once, but this was very good with two players especially. It was so nice and tense, and this basically has tiles that you can place in a certain way, depending on the tile what it is, and it does something. Uh, they kill the other tiles. If you put a tile that kills other tiles, then you put that a tile that can be put to certain locations and you try to get the most points i think <laughs> i don't even remember how yeah, this in, works. The, in, in the end you're you're trying to get the most most points uh, yeah. it's, a, it's an abstract tile laying game set in norse mythology so yeah the, the tiles work the way like the, the the gods work and things like that in norse mythology um it's really good. It's it's an excellent, excellent tile laying game. Yeah, it it's very hidden gem. It has only one thousand mm-hmm. five hundred ratings in Board Game Geek, and uh, Board Game Geek people think that it's only one point nine in weight. But if you really try to play this strategically, you can do that. Oh, it's yeah. a bit deeper than the number suggests. But I I think I don't know why people are not talking about this. And it's cool that you don't have a board. You just put the tiles and you 
build like a crossword puzzle shapes from that becomes a crossword of uh, of of, of tiles yeah. with, with the faces of the different you know gods so yeah. thor shows up and odin shows up not the ones from marvel universe but the, <laughs> the ones from norse norse mythology yeah. which is very very cool no i yeah. agree it's a hidden gem very good game it's a very hidden gem unfortunately yeah. all right next number six so this one is another one fairly early in the uh, stronghold catalog uh that um it set a new standard for the the style of game back in the day dominion of course was the deck building game but dominion i've always said was a a mechanic in search of a good game it was a mm-hmm. brilliant mechanic uh deck building but there, there's not as much game there so when we brought out core worlds by the great designer andrew parks it took deck building in an entirely new way where you're drafting cards uh, from the center, you're building your deck, you're deploying units to then go take over um, planets that are there to increase your resources as you're traveling through the worlds of the universe to get to the core worlds where the most victory points. It's not a game of conflict, mm-hmm. uh, tableau building, deck building. So, so it used deck building as part of the game, not the entire game, which made it an amazing game. We had two expansions for this game, Core Worlds Galactic Orders and Core Worlds Revolution, Rebellion, Revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Andrew Parks uh, and he, his company is called Quixotic Games. He mm-hmm. just got back the rights. We gave him back the rights, uh, negotiated mm-hmm. that with him right before I left. So he is going to be coming out with Core Worlds Empires, which mm-hmm. is a new game based on the Core Worlds universe. It's, uh, it's more of a... Um, um, uh, it's like sort of what happens at the end after the core worlds and the fall of the empire occurs. Now the new empire comes up and you're, and you're recreating that. So he's going to be bringing that to Kickstarter in early 2021. I told him I am so happy for him and I'm going to be backer number one on that, on that Kickstarter because I really <laughs> believe in this IP. It's gorgeous. Again, we went out and got some of the greatest sci-fi artists to work on this with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so check out Core Worlds, the original deck building game, and now Core Worlds Empires coming to Kickstarter in January, February of 2021. I have not been able to play Core Worlds. A friend of mine had it and the expansions also, but he moved away from here, so I never got to mm-hmm. play it. I don't know anyone who has it, and I haven't seen it around for many years. And it's a much longer game than Dominion, right? Oh, yeah. Um it shines at like uh, you can play two to five players, uh, but it gets longer progressively with each each number, and it really shines in the like three to four yeah. area. Three to four I've player heard three area. players is good. Three players is really really good because you mm. can you know you can see everybody's things and things like that. Uh, I like I like it you know at three a lot. Four is be my second choice for it, um, but definitely plays long. It's going to be a depending on the number of players could be you know an hour and a half to two hours. No, so like gamer deck builder, it sounds sure. good. I yep. want to play this one day. Um, my number six is cheating because it's two games and that is both of that's clevers. So Gunshot clever and Doppel Show clever, and it seems that there's a third one coming also. I heard about it yesterday. I didn't see it. I don't know if it's coming from Stronghold, probably, but yes. 
Um, yes, this, I, don't, I don't think we announced it yet, so I can't talk about it. <laughs> I, I, I saw the German picture of it yesterday, a friend of yes. mine linked that there's a third one coming. I said, what? Yeah. I haven't heard about that. But yeah, um, I couldn't differ- differentiate between these two, that which one is better, because both have good good sides in them. I haven't played the Doppel, doppel so the twice as clever, I haven't played um multiplayer i've only played it solo and the other one i've played multiplayer and i think this is a two or three player game maximum four wasn't good in my opinion maybe two player game or solo game both are very good this is also roll up right you mm-hmm. roll dice they are different color and then you choose a die and depending on the die what you choose you fill either a number or across to that area on your seat and you try to get most combos and collect foxes and get a big score. Lots of people play this on app. I haven't been um, brave enough to get the app, so otherwise I would be just playing that <laughs> if I don't have anything to do. So yeah. I haven't got the app or I didn't even try it. I don't want to try to. It has also really yeah. nice wooden dice. I don't like it that nowadays games have this plastic dice i know people like plastic dice but i really like this lightweight wooden dice that are silent i like it a lot yeah it's and it, it's you know for a roll and write which is paper and pencil wooden dice just feel better i think yes. makes more sense um wolfgang warsh is an absolute genius he he kind of changed um change the thinking process i mean you know of of design in recent history and he's had so many great games that have come out in such a short period of time um so he's a modern genius in game design and i think we're going to see more and more great things Mm -hmm. coming from him in the future uh these did not make my list uh uh uh, which we we call it um that's pretty clever and twice as clever yeah Uh, and we also did bricks by him another roll and write so they didn't make my list but they're all amazing roll and write games um i actually play them more than i play a lot of the other games on my list uh, (laughs) because they're because they're they're quick and easy to play and while you can really go deep into into um into like you know that's pretty clever and twice as clever because you can get thinky um but there's still you can easily play it because the mechanics are just so easy so yeah excellent choice yeah i was a bit disappointed with bricks that's why it's not on the list but these two are good okay so Number five. So number five is a game that I said for the longest time was my like the my favorite game in my catalog, and it's still obviously right up there. Um, I love the hidden trader mechanic, and I think that this game does hidden trader as good, if not better, than any other game on the market in a slightly bigger game, but not a, not not a long game by any stretch of the imagination, and that's Dark Moon. So Dark Moon um, kind of plays out Alien, the movie, you know, um, where um, someone uh, or ones is infected, and you have to figure out who that person is as you go around the ship and try to repair parts of the ship. Um, and it just plays out so well, and when you add in... Uh, the expansion Dark Moon Shadow Corporation. Now you really have like like exactly the way the um, uh, the, the movie plays out. Uh, th- this was based on a 
BSG Express, Battlestar Galactic Express, based on mm-hmm. a roll and write competition. We got we 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 had to strip out the BSG and made it this eerie, creepy game where you don't know who is on your side and things like that. It's phenomenal game. Um, plays up to seven players, which is a great player account. Again, you know it's hard to get seven player games that are great. If you like Hidden Trader, you got to check out Dark Moon. I haven't played this actually. I l- like Battlestar Galactica a lot. You seem to like it also. You had all the boxes on yourself. <laughs> yes, you saw that. You saw, saw that the, when, yeah. we, when we connected. I, I have all of it of... in one box. <laughs> that box is a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a big, big fan of 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 the game Battlestar Galactica. But that's a yeah. three hour extravaganza. Yeah, yeah. When you pull that out, Dark Moon, sixty minutes, seventy five minutes game. Yeah. Uh, so. It's it's a whole other thing. You can play three three games of Dark Moon at the same time you play one Battlestar Galactica. So it's a much yeah. easier game to play. Um, but love this, yeah, Dark Moon. Yeah, I want to try it one day, but I haven't been able to. I don't know anyone who has it, and I don't have it mm-hmm. either. My number five is actually when I made this list, it wasn't on the list because I hadn't played it. I made this list three weeks ago, and today I adjusted it again, and this is. Puddle Imp. This was a total surprise. I I have the Seaman version, but this newer one is a Stronghold and Lata Pellet version, mm-hmm. and it comes with the nice puddle. Uh, the Seaman <laughs> doesn't have the puddle. The puddle is nice. It, com- it comes with the wooden bottle. Yes, <laughs> yeah. everyone wants that wooden bottle, which is yeah. a really <laughs> cool thing. But it is, I mean, you could use anything, of course, but yes, it <laughs> yeah, is a very yeah. cool wooden bottle. And it's easier to follow than the card. It's just a card in the yes. first version. Yes. This was surprisingly good. We played it with three players, and a friend of mine had played it earlier. I took my deck and said, that, teach it. <laughs> and he taught it, and it, it was... I really liked it. It surprised me so so much. I thought that it's just a like a trick-taking game, just a basic one. But the mechanism, how it works, that there are these different colors and... Then you take the trick and you take it with the higher number of that same or what is closest to the whatever is in the middle that gives you the puddle. I mean, it's it's really good, especially with three. It was very good and I can't wait to play this again. This might become one of my favorite trick-taking games. It would be higher on the list probably if I had played it more, but now it's here. Mm-hmm. So so Bottle Imp, yeah, I think Bottle Imp is the best three-player trick-taking game out there and yeah. exactly you you mentioned how great it was for three players it's a three suited three colors three suited game those suits are so asymmetrical yes and you and you got to be careful about what you get caught with in your hand and how you play the cards um it is a fantastic game it's a hard one to wrap your head around to do very well at um, <laughs> but it is it is excellent i love that yeah all right it's a great next game. yeah Number four. My number four game is got to be one of the silliest, funnest, most ridiculous games you can ever play. And and it mirrors um, when you, you know, all of the the great fantasy role-playing adventures that you've been on. I'm a big D&D and now Pathfinder player. And, you know, you always go into a tavern and you're always going to get into a fight in a tavern at some point. And uh, it could be very epic what happens during those battles, you know, with 
with the locals and things like that. So my number four game is The Dragon and Flagon. And it literally is a fantasy tavern brawl. You're going to take one of the um, archetypes of, of fantasy. You know, you can be a big fighter, magic user, cleric, druid, etc. Um, and you, your ob- the object of the, of the entire game is to is to get the most reputation in the tavern known as the dragon and flagon. Uh, and you're beating people up using spells or, or swords and things like that. As the swashbuckler, you've got a card to like swing from the chandelier. And it, it creates these amazing epic moments in your head because when you do that and you're able to kick like three different people in the head by doing that and getting sucking all their reputation away and getting it for yourself, it just makes these memorable, great moments. Um, right now on Kickstarter, so I can promote that as well, <laughs> uh, Stronghold Games has the expansion called The Brew That Is True. So the Dragon and Flag and The Brew That Is True. And by the way, if you don't recognize these, these come from the, the Danny Kaye movie from the 50s, which, whose name I cannot remember. The, the Court Jester is the name of these. These references come from that. Um, mm-hmm. And they add, so in the, in the Brew That Is True, it's going to add... Oh, and by the way, all the game is 3D. So there's there's 3D wooden chairs and and, and cardboard tables and there's barrels mm-hmm. and there's mugs. So all this is in 3D on the board in front of you. And you're, you have standees for your characters. And now in the new one, we can have bookcases and potions and all these crazy things that are going on. So it just makes a fun, crazy thing. It plays up to seven, eight players. Ah, I went to eight players with this one. Fantastic, silly, fun game. And, and really good if you're drinking a brew as well during the game. So <laughs> my number four is the Dragon and Flagon with the new expansion, the brew that is true. Just remember not to begin a fight. <laughs> <laughs> if you drink the brew, even if it's true. <laughs> there you go. I haven't played this. It seems interesting, but I just haven't been, I haven't had access to the game. So I haven't sure. played it, but I want to try it. It seems like a different kind of a fighting game yep <laughs> my number four is flam rouge and this is a different kind of um racing game it's a cycling game and you play it with the cards i really like it that you have the set amount of cards that have the set amount of numbers and you have two cyclists you have to pick a card for each and then you turn them around and they move in the order they are in on the track and then there's drafting and everything and it feels like a bike race in a way uh, after the first game i played this i mean after the first play of this game i didn't like it that much then i played the second time with the expansion with the uh, is it pelot on the first one which has the narrow paths and other added stuff That's and right. then i thought that this is a great game and then i saw it in a discount in a supermarket here because this is from lautapelit.fi also and I got it and now I have it and I want to get the expansion to myself as well and this is getting better the more I play I like this game a lot we might we might be talking about this again in mm-hmm. a little while <laughs> so I will not comment anymore all right let's let's go to number 3 so my number 3 game is is sort of the magnum opus 
of games in my catalog. And it actually came out f- right in the middle, fairly early on the earlier side. You know, it was Stronghold's first Kickstarter, but mm-hmm. it contained 102 plastic miniatures. It was a theme that basically had never been done before. Uh, it, I set it in the world. It wasn't pitched to me this way, but I set it in a world that I already established. And this game that I'm talking about is Space Cadets Away Missions. Mm. So it's a retro sci-fi game, uh, a cooperative game, where you're part of the Rocket Patrol. So it's all this 1950s kind of references with bubble heads like, uh, for your spacesuits and, and the aliens. And they're all, all plastic 3D. You've got the the leader with the big cape on and the big you know big alien heads you've you've got thralls there are humans that have been like taken you've got the brain in a jar like you know <laughs> classic sci-fi trope brain in a jar um and and you and there's this huge story arc of missions that you go on you have like your first mission is like mercury and then and then Venus, and you're going to the different planets, and you're and you're seeing that aliens have been living in the solar system, and they're about to attack Earth. So you're going out and attacking them, taking the taking the um, the battle to them, so to speak. Uh, it's a game that did did very well early on, and of course, like everything else, you know, it falls off people's radar. But when people see it, it's gorgeous. When they play it, it's fantastic. The replayability is huge. You've got you know you you kind of build your character up too. Um, you know, you kind of level them as it goes along as you're adding in different different things that you find. And love this game. Uh, wish it had more love in the end. We, we ended up not doing expansions that we hoped to do because we didn't quite do as, as well um, mm-hmm. as we had hoped, but did well enough. We came really close. We were going to kickstart expansion, uh, but we didn't, never did it. But my number three game, Space Cadets away missions and it was set in my space cadets universe where two the first two games space cadets and space cadets dice duel were both done by jeff engelstein and his family jeff engelstein brian engelstein and Sidney engelstein which now she now works at stronghold games sort of mm-hmm. took my position at stronghold games mm-hmm. that's interesting uh, who, who designed this away missions wasn't this Engelstein away missions also? was not done yeah not done by the Engelsteins. I uh-huh. said it in the universe it was done by uh, Dan Raspler and Al Rose um, they don't have any other designs I don't think under their name they might have something else but I, I don't remember off the top of my head at the time I think this was their first design really well done okay I was looking at this a few years back but it was impossible to get or it was so expensive that I couldn't it, <laughs> afford it, it was at an that ex- time. it's an expensive this is interesting. Game. <laughs> It's an interesting game, in my opinion. I would definitely play if I had the possibility to do it. Sure. Uh, my number three is Forum Trajanum. And this is a bit interesting because last year when it came out, it was last year, right? I'm mixed with years. It, anyway, it wasn't it 2020, was, not this horrible year. No, it's <clears> a 2018. Isn't it 19? Didn't it come with Carpe 19, Diem? 19. Sorry, SN 2019. I apologize, right? Yeah, it, it came same year with Carpe Diem, right? Yes, I don't, I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was eighteen or nineteen. No, it wasn't nineteen. It was eighteen. Yes, eighteen. Yes, you're right. You're right. <laughs> okay, eighteen. We got it. We got it finally. <laughs> yeah, uh, this kind of was left in the shadow of Carpe Diem for some reason. People are saying that this is not good or something, but this is a great game with three players because then you are interacting with both of your neighbors. Or in a way, there is no, like, if you, there's four, you have no interest in the one 
who is not next to you. They are not giving you pieces or you are not giving them pieces. And I tried to play this in Yukata and no, never play it online. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. You have to be on the table, see the people, see the board, everything. This is a great game if you crock it. If you don't understand what's going on, I'm certain that you will hate this game. But if you understand <laughs> what's going on in the game, this is a great game. And when you see that the other other players in the group also understand it, it's a fantastic game, three player. You basically have your own area or village or whatever it is called. And then mm -hmm. there's the forum board in the middle and there are different tracks where you can advance when you build that type of buildings. And then you can build houses of a certain color and then you can add your tiles to that color areas and then you fill the areas and you get bonus and each round you score a certain um, scoring card and they have different requirements and it has so many things going on that <laughs> you can't keep track of everything but you have to decide what you keep track of right. so many different scoring things in this game and this is like Point salad, but not a point salad, but rather a scoring salad. <laughs> right. It's a so great yes, game, so in my opinion. Yeah, Forum Trajanum, Stefan Feld, great designer. It was an honor working uh, with him um, uh, through Hook. That was the name of the company in mm. Europe that we worked with. Uh, it, it's funny, I, I just looked down, and on my table here, I have uh, one of my promotional coasters for Forum Trade John, and it mm -hmm. says right on there, Spiel 2018. So, yes, it was 2018. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah excellent, excellent game. Uh, like you said, it, it, it fell a little bit under the radar, um, but it did pretty well with us. Um, Feld games are always prized. Yes. Um, you ha it's, it's heavy. It is heavy. you got to grok it. you got to understand it. It's got some good player interaction because of the way you have to interact with the main board plus the, um, the chits that you have to pass between the people yeah. every turn. So... Yeah, I um, I think it's uh, I think it's a game that deserves even more love than it got to. Yeah, it's better than it is regarded as. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. As we go to number two. Well, here's a game that, of course, has to be on this list and has to be on probably both of our lists because neither of us have mentioned it yet. <laughs> and I'm just gonna say it, and it's just like it's there. Of course, terraforming Mars. Terraforming Mars was a phenomenon when it came out in 2016. It, it, it propelled Stronghold Games to an entirely new level. We couldn't keep the game in stock for the first three printings. It was just, mm -hmm. I, we printed, the demand was twice that. We printed twice that, the demand was twice that. It just kept going and going. And to this day, it sold more this year than it ever has sold. Yes, in mm -hmm. COVID times, this game has sold more games in 2020 than it has in 2019 than it had in 2018 etc 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 um six expansions for the game and of course basically the last project that i worked on at stronghold games was terraforming mars big box which is mm -hmm. all 3d pieces you know all 3d terrain pieces and things like that for the game so very proud obviously of 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 this game and working with fricks games out in uh, in sweden has been has been great and while I cannot tell you much about the future, what I can <laughs> tell you is that there will be more games and things in the Terraforming Mars line. So my number two game is Terraforming Mars and the six major expansions that have come out for the game. <laughs> I haven't played Turmoil yet. I have it because I wanted the boards. I was probably backer number 
one after I saw that it comes with the player board. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I'll save comments a bit later, but this is a bit spoiling. Okay. My, my number yes. two is uh, Kanban. You already talked about it earlier. Yes. And, um, this is... This is a great game and I think that this people think that it's heavier than it really is. Because when you understand how the scoring works, that you have to get the chairs and according to the chairs you can score different cards and you have to choose cards that the others can't score, then it's not that difficult anymore. But this is heavy to understand the rules and everything. But when you play it once, it's quite well flowing and quite easy although it's considered heavy in, in board game geek um this is very very good game from vitala serda and i don't know why they are remaking this as kanban ev i don't know why they should do it same with vinyas i didn't understand why it has to be remade that early version of vinyas was also fine and uh, this is a very solid game. I don't see things that could be made better in this. Maybe more streamlined and lighter, but it's like perfection. I didn't wa- find any flaws in the game. The only thing is that it's a bit difficult to teach. <laughs> but yes, yeah, and, that, and that's and that's sort of what I said when I I, ma- I mentioned it. That I I do think it is that heavy, but it is logically heavy. It does make all sense when you when you play mm. it and the and the interlinkings between the mechanisms and the de- which are like the departments they're all like different mechanisms in the yes. game in these different departments it is to me one of the pinnacles of game design ever that's how how much i believe in this game it's just not a kind of game that i want to sit down and play very often it's not when often, i played yes. the game when i when i played this game i said this game is genius and i don't want to play it anymore it's just <laughs> it's brilliant I, it just explodes my head when i play it um but I recognize the genius in this game. I'm like, we're gonna, mm. we're gonna, we're gonna rock this game. And I agree with you. I don't see why it's coming back. Other than, well, I do see why it's coming back. It's economics. Um, yeah. Vital's, Vital has a relationship with um, Eagle Griffin, and yeah. they do a whole different thing. And they, they have to have Ian O'Toole, who's a brilliant artist and graphic yes, designer, do do the game. It's an, it's purely an economic thing. And they'll do it great, and they will do mm. a great job. Um, but there's. There's not much to change in this game, in my opinion. I don't know what they're if they're going to change anything, but you know, good for, good on them. I I look forward to seeing uh, how they do it um, when they do come out yeah. with it. Great game. Yeah, and it suits the box size of that series. That doesn't fit to the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But but yeah, and also you can switch the game. I like that there is two modes. You can play the nice mode or the evil mode, not the evil, the mean mode. That you either yes. be you either get punished or you get benefits depending how you do. And I like it. At this when this was designed, that wasn't very common in my opinion. That's right. That's right. And now finally. And number one, <laughs> do I do it? Do I do a good Mike Fitzgerald there, Wait, or or Eric? Um, um, so my number one game, already mentioned by you just just recently, is Flam Rouge. And the reason I make mm-hmm. this game uh, number one is because 
I can put this game on the table with anybody, with my, my brother who doesn't play games, with my yes. mother. I can play it at conventions. I can play it just sitting here with my girlfriend. Um, the expansion Peloton adds so much to it. Uh, mm. Not only five, six players, but you can play it one to 12 players. That's mm. epic. Um, uh, there's a, the Meteo, which is the weather effects. Um, and there's going to be a, a, a new one coming out next year, a third expansion called, um, called Grand Tour, Grand Tour, to, mm-hmm. to, so that you can play like campaign games with mm. Flamme Rouge. Um, I can't say enough good about how well this game, how thematic it works. You just feel like you are in a race. Now, bike racing specifically, but in general, it's the best racing game on the market because it takes into consideration all those things that a racing game but you have to draft and you're going to get benefits and the person well the person who's not drafting who's in front is going to get negatives those exhaustion mm. cards that are coming into their deck like anti deck building but then they can <laughs> use those exhaustion cards and shed them during certain points of the game like on a downhill when they want to when you know when you can only go a minimum of a certain amount, you play the two mm. exhaustion card and boom, and you can go forward. So the game just works on every level. And every time I play it for, with new players, like oh my god, that's great, let's do it again. And uh, yeah, my number one game in my catalog that I just love and is a go-to game of mine all the time is Flamme Rouge. I actually forgot to add that that it's so easy to teach. You yes. just make the track. You say that. Take three cards, take three cards, choose one, and put the others away. Four cards. It's so easy. Four. Yeah. You choose from four. I don't remember that you take from three. Yep. Anyway, anyway, you take cards and you choose one, and then you put the others away. It's it's so easy to teach, and you just move. And no, that's right. You never feel annoyed after the game, even if you do bad, because the game is not that long that it would make you annoyed. Yeah, you might feel exactly. unlucky or a bit sad, but it's never like... You got screwed or host because things happen to everyone that's in right. the game. And that is right. Yeah, that's a great game. My number one is surprisingly terraforming Mars. Surprisingly, uh, yeah. So I was gonna um, make it one. I was sort of gonna make it one, but at the same point, I'm like, well, that's too predictable. So I'll make it number two. And Flam Rouge really is my go-to game. Like I play it with anybody, I'll bring it out. Boom, go. Yeah. So go ahead. Tell us. Tell me why you love terraforming Mars so much. Um, it's not me. It's the wife. It's her favorite game. There you time. go. No, I I like it also. But um, it took a while. I mean, I had the game, and then I didn't get the wife to play it. And then when she played it, we played it four times in a week. <laughs> so it was every evening on the table. And it's some time ago, but it it was like that. She just wanted to play it, and I oh. think it works with two players also, but might be best with three. But with two, I really like it. I have we have all the expansions we played with all of them except the turmoil. We didn't mm-hmm. try that yet, and we just mix everything. <laughs> so there's a huge pile of cards on the table, and it takes a bit long, but we know that when we are playing it, and we are yep. not rushing, we are not drafting because we think that with two players, we if we get the tra- random cards, we just have to adjust. So we play it in sure. a tactical way, and two players, sure. if you draft, you know what everything that the other has, and then it might be a bit too much thinking of different things. People say that you have to 
draft, but I don't agree, especially if you play with all the expansions. It's just crazy business and adds to the playtime. You can just go with the luck. It's not that big factor anyway. It I like the way depends you... on how well you play. It's not the I... drafting that makes the game for you. It's your skill of the playing the game. It's interesting the way you say that Like with two players, maybe drafting is not needed as much. I never thought of it that way, but that's good. I always do play with drafting, unless I'm playing online. When I'm playing like the, on the online implementation, the the um, the uh, Steam or iPad, then mm-hmm. I won't play with drafting, just so we, we play a little bit faster. You know? yeah. um, but I always do play with drafting. Um, I definitely think drafting adds something. It, it really gets there. My, the biggest, the most amazing thing about Terraform Mars is a first-time designer, Jacob Frixelius, first-time yeah. designer. He balanced a game with six resources, right? It's a, it's a mm. six-resource management game, card drafting, uh, tile placement, minor mm. area control, right? There's an area control mm. element on that board that you've got to make sure that, like, you get the best choice places yeah. for your strategy. So, so it's it's brilliant, infinitely expandable. I'm very proud that we did this and happy. It's a, a wonderful, wonderful game. I don't now remember what spot it was on my top 90 list. I don't have the file open. It was in top 10 anyway, maybe 5 or something. So this has to be number 1 here. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, I, I still think that drafting is not mandatory because, sure. I mean, to me, to me, if you play with drafting, this becomes very strategic. If you play without drafting, this becomes more tactical. And sure. I like the tactical aspect. And also it's snappier to play. You just take the card to decide what you keep and then you just play. And you have to adjust your own playing into what the game throws to you rather than what the other players take from you, sure. <laughs> if you, if you sure. know what I mean. So I, I like it without drafting actually more. But I'm very alone in that <laughs> opinion. <laughs> but yeah, I like tactics more than strategy in, in this kind of game anyway. But yeah. Got it. This has to be number one on the list. So, um, what do you think? You now have given your legacy of Stronghold games to all the people who will probably somehow listen to this. I don't know how many will listen, but they now know that what are the best games of Stronghold because you listed the games. Do you think you have good chances of winning me in the battle? If we compare the lists... Which one will people vote to be better list? We have three I, crossovers. I think that you're all going to win the list because I pick games that I, you know, I, I love and I'm kind of, you know, they're, 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 they're suited to my style. And I don't know that my style is the same as everybody's style, right? Mm. So everybody's going to put, everybody who's a serious deep gamer, they're going to put that, that Kanban up there, right? It's going to be a Kanban mm. Uh, thing on that list and they might not go with the lesser known or the lighter stock things like survive escape from Atlantis and things like that so um, I predict that you're gonna win but I think that people understand that I'm right of course (laughs) (laughs) you're right if you think I'm going to win right no but uh, actually this is the first time I think you're going to win because I have I have Voluspa I have Lagrania no siesta I have Puddle Imp and I have Forum Trajanum. So I have three games that people don't know about and one that people don't really like. And you have Not Alone and Survive. I think a Survive is a good pick for you because people like that game. The people who play lighter games. Mm-hmm. It's very approachable. You only have strange picks like Core Worlds and Space Cadets. Other ones are 
quite popular, I think. I okay. think this time you will win. This will be the first time that I think that I'm <laughs> going to lose. That's I bad. can't wait to. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to hear. You're gonna make sure you're gonna tell me. Send me the uh, link to the podcast when it drops. Yeah, yeah, right? of course, of course. Okay, I'll help. I'll help promote you. Uh, uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you promote yourself, you mean? But anyway, well, thank you both. Yeah. Um, uh, the competition will be or the paddle will be in Instagram. You didn't say that you have an Instagram account. I'm not sure if you're using it, but you didn't say in the beginning. I noticed that you missed it. So I do. I do have one. Them? I don't. Yeah, I don't use it very much, but I can certainly mm. go in there and and take a look. So uh, yeah, yeah. it's on. It's, it's going to be under your Instagram account, I assume, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what I will tag you and everything. I'll put to Twitter also, but it will be cool. after this episode is out. It will be maybe five days after that. About excellent. The paddle. I'll look forward so people, to it. Get, people get to listen first, and then there will be the paddle. Otherwise, we, I'm just spoiling the list, and no one listens to the episode, and that's a bit that's silly. Anyway, thank you for joining and you already said in the beginning where people can uh, find you, but if you want to, you can sure. say again where people can find you. They probably sure. forgot already. They probably forgot. So hopefully they'll immediately go out uh, and uh, and hit me up on social media. First of all, my, my podcast, Board Games Insider, which you can see at boardgamesinsider.com and you can, you can download it on iTunes or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Uh, that's Ignacy Chevychek of Portal Games and myself, and we talk about news of the game industry, and we take questions from our guild on Board Game Geek from you, from fans who want to just ask experts in the industry about it. So please check us out, Board Games Insider. Um, and then my new rebranding as the Podfather of Gaming. Uh, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is called the Podfather of Gaming. Uh, I put up my fun videos up there. You can watch the podcast now. We actually put up the video of the podcast there as well uh, as uh, putting it on uh, as a regular podcast. Um, check us out there on Twitter. I'm at Podfather Gaming, uh, Facebook.com slash Podfather Gaming. And you can find there uh, the events that I do, my happy hour. And you can go and click and get the link and join us. You can join us, um, you know, one time. Or you can join us for, for all times. We have a, a set group of people that come all the time, and some people just, just pop in once in a while. Uh, or, of course, you can go to YouTube and watch uh, the happy hours later on. Um, uh, and I also have a website, which we're not using much, but it's just a website with some nice pictures and things like that, which is uh, podfathergaming.com. So I hope you subscribe to all my social media uh, and enjoy some of the silliness that I'm going to be putting out there for hopefully for years to come. Thank you so much, Yanni, for, um, for having me. This has been this has been fun. We went long, really yeah, long. But we were aiming for fun. an hour, but That's you didn't right. break Richard's record yet. He went over two <laughs> hours, just talking and talking and talking. <laughs> but yeah, I'm more I'm more interesting than him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I let the others decide. I have no comment. That's right. But That's we right. talked about games a lot with you now in this episode. The list took a bit longer than in the previous ones. I think it was. It was fun. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming. And bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can find this podcast from SoundCloud with username Mitapelataan 
You can also find the podcast from Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Should be in Amazon Podcasts also at some point. And it should be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts. You can find me from Instagram and Twitter with username MitaPelataan. There's a page in Facebook, MitaPelata. And you can just search by MitaPelataan and you should find me from many places. I have a blog, mitapelataan.wordpress.com, where you can find information about this channel and all the links to related media. You should be able to find me from YouTube as well by searching mitapelataan. You can send me email to mitapelataan at gmail.com. There's also a guild in BoardGameGeek number 3321. Interact in any way you can, comment anything up to you, but interact with me please. And If you listen this far, please leave a review, subscribe so that people find out about this podcast. And one more time, thank you for listening and bye-bye. The music used in this series was Nightwalker by Sensent Pulse. Thank you for that. <laughs>